You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Jeremiah 27, verse number 1. The Bible says, In the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, came this word unto Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Thus saith the Lord to me, Make thee bonds and yokes, and put them upon thy neck, and send them to the king of Edom, and to the king of Moab, and to the king of the Ammonites, and to the king of Tyrus, and to the king of Zidon, by the hand of the messengers which come to Jerusalem unto Zedekiah, king of Judah, and command them to say unto their masters, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Thus shall ye say unto your masters. I have made the earth. This is God speaking through Jeremiah. And he says, here's the message I want you to take back to your master. Take this back to your king. I have made the earth. Who's talking now? God. God's the one. He made the earth. Uh, the earth that you and I walk on, God made it. Uh, the sun that you see in the sky, God made it. The air that you breathe, God made it. Uh, the blood that is flowing through your body, God made that. God put that there. God said, I've made the earth, the man and the beast that are upon the ground. Uh, I've made every living creature. There's no creature on earth alive that God did not make. And God says this, by my great power, and by my outstretched arm, and have given it unto whom it seemed meet unto me. God said, everything that you see, I made it, I own it, but here's what I've done. God says, I have given it. I've given the authority, I've given the possession of it, I've given the control of it to whoever I decided was worthy or was appropriate, whoever it seemed fit, the Bible says, seemed meet. And now, God says in verse 6, have I given all these lands into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, my servant? And the beasts of the field have I given him also to serve him. And all nations shall serve him and his son and his son's son until the very time of his land come, and then many nations and great kings shall serve themselves of him. And it shall come to pass that the nation and kingdom which will not serve the same Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and that will not put their neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon, that nation, God says, will I punish, saith the Lord, with the sword, with the famine, with the pestilence, until I have consumed them by his hand. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us as we look at this very interesting passage of Scripture, and Lord, so many applications, but Lord, I'm so burdened with several truths tonight from this passage, and I pray that you'd help me to convey it to your people as you have given it to me. I pray, Holy Spirit, that uh, you would speak to hearts. Uh, if there's some things I say that maybe is not exactly the right way to say it, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would help uh, our eyes to be open and our understanding uh, Lord, to be helped tonight, that we might get this truth and that we might be helped spiritually and that we might be helped to be more like what God wants us to be. Lord, I pray you'd speak to us and 
uh, give us what we need from the Word of God tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. This is such an interesting passage because God is giving Jeremiah, He's given him a, an assignment. He's given him a homework project. And he says, Jeremiah, I want you to make some yokes. I want you to make some bonds uh, that would go on someone's neck. Now, we think of this more as something that would, have, would be placed on the neck of a beast. Maybe uh, and the Bible talks about a yoke of oxen. Well, that's two, uh, two uh, that are, uh, oxen that are, um, that are connected, they are um, secured, they are uh, bound together, and then they are pulling, uh, whether it be a plow or they are pulling uh, some kind of a load, but they are, uh, they are commissioned for a job. They are commissioned with a task and they are put under a burden. Well, God told Jeremiah, I want you to make these yokes and I want you to send them to the kings of the nations surrounding Judah. And I want you to send the message to those kings, say, hey, these yokes are for you to wear because you, you may be the king, you may be big stuff, you may be the head honcho uh, where, 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 where you're, you're from, but you are going to serve and you're going to come under the leadership and the control of King Nebuchadnezzar, because God says, I am giving him control. I am giving him power. Now, notice in verse number one, it's interesting, this message came in the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim. You know, these kings that did their own thing, these kings that wanted to turn their back on God, they had every opportunity they could have done what was right. They could have done what God wanted because God told them they knew better. God, God gave them the message at the beginning. And you know, in our lives, we have no excuse for not doing what we're supposed to do because God's already given us the message. God's already given us the word. You can't, you can't stand before God someday and plead ignorant. God's going to say, I told you, it's right here in, in, in my word. And by the way, we ought to read the book and we are responsible for what the book says. And God's word came to, uh, to Jeremiah in the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim. But then it says in verses two and three that Jeremiah then, he makes these yokes and he put them on his own neck and just to make sure they were going to work, make sure the sizing or the, the fitting was going to be right. And he sends them for these messengers to take back to their kings. He says in verse number uh, four, he says, uh, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, thus shall ye say unto your masters. He says, you are going to come under the rule of Nebuchadnezzar. In verse number five, Jeremiah says, God said, you're going to do this. And God made the earth and God made you and God has all authority. You can't argue with God. He is in control of everything. And so we get to verse number six and Jeremiah's message from God says that God has given all these lands into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. Now, I want to remind us, we've studied Nebuchadnezzar Several years ago, we studied in the book of Daniel as we went through that. But Nebuchadnezzar, at the start, Nebuchadnezzar was not a good king. 
Nebuchadnezzar was not a good guy. Nebuchadnezzar was a wicked man. He was a heathen man. But you know what's so interesting here? Look at what God says about Nebuchadnezzar. What does God call him in verse number six? He says, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant. Isn't that amazing? And you know what? You know what's amazing to me is that God can use anybody he wants to. Now, I understand that God wants us to be holy, and we should be holy. And if you're saved, if you're a child of God, uh, you and I, that ought to be our desire to live holy. Nebuchadnezzar here, he's a heathen king. He's a wicked king. He doesn't really even know better, but God used Nebuchadnezzar. Now, that ought to encourage you, because if God could use a wicked heathen king, that tells me God can use anybody he wants to. I'm glad that God is willing to use anybody that is just willing to offer themselves to God. I'm glad you don't have to have a certain degree. I'm glad you don't have to have a certain IQ. I'm glad you don't have to have a certain a background. I'm glad you don't have to have a certain amount of money. I'm glad you don't have to have a certain talent. You just have to be willing to let God use you. And I'm glad that God uses us. I said it recently, I forget which service I said it, but I'm amazed that God would use me. And by the way, I hope you feel that way about yourself. I hope that you look at how God has used you. And by the way, God has used you and God is using you. But I hope you look at that and I hope you sometimes have to pinch yourself to say, I cannot believe that God saved me. I cannot believe that God not only saved me, but he blesses me. I can't believe God saved me, he blesses me, and he uses me. And I can't believe that I have the privilege that I can tell somebody else about Jesus. I can't believe I have the privilege to go to God in prayer. And I have the privilege to be a child of God. I hope we never get over how good God has been and the privilege it is to be God's servant. Can you say tonight, that's what I am, pastor. I'm just a servant of God. I'm just a servant of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We could talk a lot about a servant, but when you're a servant, it really doesn't matter who gets the credit, doesn't matter who gets the glory, as long as we get the job done. And we are servants for Christ's sake. I hope that's your desire. Verse number six, God says, I'm giving it all. All the power is going to Nebuchadnezzar. God says to those kings, he says, you will serve Nebuchadnezzar or else, verse number eight, if you don't serve Nebuchadnezzar, God says, I will punish you. God says, I will judge you with the sword, with the famine, with the pestilence. God says, you will serve Nebuchadnezzar. Now, let's keep in mind that the nation of Judah, they were going to Babylonian captivity and they were going to serve Nebuchadnezzar. But God said, it's not just for Judah, it's for these surrounding nations. They also would be conquered and they also would be under the rule of Nebuchadnezzar. Now, I've given you a lot of background here. Let me give you a couple of thoughts, a couple applications from this. Jeremiah talks about a yoke. He talks about a bond. He talks about kings. He talks about masters. Did you know that every one of us here tonight we have a master. 
Now, I hope that your master, I hope your master is the Lord. I hope he's the one you're serving. But every one of us are serving someone or something. And by the way, that's a good thing. The Bible tells us it is good for a man to bear the yoke in his youth. Uh, being a servant, being a worker, uh, being busy, that's a good thing. We ought to make our life count for something. Uh, God, God's, not, God's not in the business of using lazy people. God looking for somebody that'll do something. But it's okay to be a servant. The question is, whose servant are you? Turn with me, if you would, to Deuteronomy 28. I want you to see, and I know we're laying some groundwork here, but we're getting somewhere. Deuteronomy 28, God had warned his people that if they did not serve him, if they did not serve God, then they would have to serve somebody else. Notice Deuteronomy 28, verse number 45. It says, moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee and shall pursue thee and overtake thee till thou be destroyed because thou hearkenest not unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded thee and they shall be upon thee for a sign and for a wonder and upon thy seed forever. Notice verse 47. Because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness, ooh, so not only are we supposed to serve God, we're supposed to be joyful in serving God. Aw, oh, rats. I thought we could just serve God, and I thought we could be grumps, and I thought we could complain, and I thought we could be martyrs, and I thought we could just, oh, poor me. Poor me, I have to serve God. Oh, it's so rough being a Christian. Oh, I, I've got to go to church again. I've got to read my Bible again. Oh, I have to pray. Oh, man, I wish I, I wish I had it easy like the world has it. Are you kidding me? They don't have it easy. The Bible says the way of the transgressor, the way of the sinner, it is hard because the wages of sin is death. Sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Oh, Satan likes you to believe that the world's having a good time. Satan wants you to believe that if you didn't go to church and you didn't read your Bible and you didn't pray and you didn't live for God and if you weren't a Christian, you'd be having the time of your life. Well, I got news for you. Satan is a liar. And it's not joyful living for the world. It is pain. It is misery. It is heartache. It is disappointment. It is regret. It is a terrible, awful, miserable life. You say, well, how do you know? I know because God recorded it in his word. And God's the one that made us. God's the one who knows what we need. God's the one who knows what's going to be best for us. And God says, when you serve him, it's the greatest life in all the world. But when you serve the devil, you are in for a rude awakening and you are in for a life of regrets. Notice verse 47. Because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things, therefore, verse 48, shalt thou serve thine enemies, which the Lord shall send against thee. God says, because you wouldn't serve me, I'm going to let you serve your enemies. And your enemies aren't going to be good to you. Your enemies are not going to treat you good. Notice the outcome. In hunger, 
and in thirst and in nakedness and in want of all things. And notice what the enemy is going to do. He shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until he have destroyed thee. God warned his people in Deuteronomy, said, if you don't serve, God says, if you don't serve me, you're going to serve your enemies and they're going to put a yoke of iron on your neck. They will destroy you. Now, Matthew 11, you know the verse. When I start to quote it, immediately it's going to come back to you. You know what Jesus said? He said, I want you to take my yoke upon you. See, Jesus has a yoke for you. Jesus has a responsibility for you. Jesus has a job for you. And he says, if you'll take my yoke upon you, if you will learn of me, Jesus says, you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see, you're going to serve somebody. You and I are going to serve someone, and when you decide, and when I decide to serve Jesus, we are actually picking the best life there is. Jesus says, my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now, how's that possible? Well, here's why. When you come under the yoke that Jesus has, when you come under the burden that Jesus will give you, when you come under the responsibility or the job that Jesus has for you, you're not alone. He says, I'll help you. I'll strengthen you. I'll walk beside you. Uh, Jesus says, I'll take the heavy end. Hallelujah for that. When you're working and you're in a project, isn't it nice when you got somebody helping you that's stronger than you and smarter than you? and they don't get tired, and they don't get worn out, and they actually do the bulk of the work, and you just get to be along for the ride. Can I tell you the greatest life in all the world is serving God? Galatians 5, it says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled with the yoke of bondage. You know what destroys us? Sin. You know what destroys us? when we live for ourselves and we get all bogged down with bitterness and pride and those things, they, they weigh us down and we're worn out and we're defeated and we are distressed because we don't cast our burden on the Lord. We don't let Him help us. We try to do it ourselves. Turn with me, please, to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. We're talking about a yoke. We're talking about uh, a a burden. We're talking about having a master. We're talking about who we are supposed to serve. Matthew 6 is interesting. It says in verse number 19, it's talking about finances. It's talking about our money. It says in verse 19, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures uh, in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Verse 21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You say, well, pastor, what, what does that have to do with what we're talking about? Well, look at verse number 24. This is powerful. It says in verse 24, no man can serve two masters. And maybe you've tried that before. Maybe at work, 
you had one boss who was saying, you need to do what I say. And you had another boss saying, you got to do what I say. And the bosses weren't talking and the bosses weren't in communication. And it was, you know, a, a two-headed monster is what it was. No man can serve two masters. But here's what's interesting. We just got done talking about finances, talking about treasure. You know what's true about money? Money is a wonderful servant, but it's a terrible master. If you've ever read any of Dave Ramsey's uh, material, have you ever followed any of that with finances and stuff? They say things like that. Money's a great tool. Money is a terrible master. Uh, debt is a master that will destroy you if you don't get that under control. Uh, the love of money, greed, is a terrible master because you'll never get enough. You'll never be happy. You'll never say, okay, I think I have enough. The, the goal is not see how much you can get. The goal is see how little you can be content with. See how you can be happy and satisfied with what God has given. It says in verse 24, no man can serve two masters. He'll either hate the one and love the other, or he'll hold to the one and despise the other, but ye cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and live for the things of this world at the same time. You gotta pick one or the other. So here's my question. Tonight, who are you serving? Who am I serving? We all are serving someone. We are all serving something. We are all under some kind of a yoke. There are some who serve sin. There are some who are under the yoke. They are under the bondage of drugs and alcohol. And they are serving those as a master. They can't get out. They, they, they can't escape. They try. I'm going to do better next time. I'm going to do better next time. I'm going I'm I'm to get over this. I'm going to do this. And what they don't realize is it's too strong for you. It's too strong for me unless the Lord steps in, unless God gives victory, unless God helps us to break that yoke. There are some who are serving the master of immorality. And they, they say, I'm not going to do this again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get over this. I'm going to try to get the victory. And again, it's too strong because you know who's behind all that? Satan. And he's walking about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And people get involved in adultery and people get involved in immorality and people get involved in pornography and people get involved in those things and they can't get the victory because it is a master that has control. And the only way you're going to get victory, the only way you're going to break that bondage is by signing up and surrendering to a new master and saying yes to Jesus and letting the Holy Spirit of God take control of your life. There are some who are under the master of lying. They can't tell the truth. And you know what's amazing is the more you lie, the more you have to lie. And the more you lie, the more you have to lie again to cover up for the last lie. And there are people who lie so much, I don't know if they're capable of telling the truth unless God gets a hold of them. There are some people that I don't think they'd know the truth if it smacked them in the face. How come? Because they are controlled by the master of deceit. You want to know where that comes from? It comes from Satan. 
He's a liar. He's the father of all lies. Are you serving sin? I hope not. If you're serving sin, I'd encourage you tonight to come to an altar and ask Jesus to help you break the yoke of bondage and to be set free because he is in the chain-breaking business. God can set you free from the chains of sin. Maybe tonight you are being controlled by the master of self. Maybe tonight it's not necessarily the, the sin, the immorality or the drugs or the alcohol or the, the lying or, or the cheating or the stealing, but maybe it is the master of self that is controlling you. Maybe it's money. We talked about that in Matthew 6. Uh, maybe it's the bank account. And maybe that bank account is driving you and that bank account is controlling you because until you reach X number of dollars, dollars, you're not happy. And until you reach X number of dollars, you're not going to go to church and you're not going to serve God and you're not going to be surrendered and you're not going to spend time with your family and you're not going to do a lot of things you should do because you are controlled by the master of money. Maybe it's a certain number in a bank account or maybe it's a certain number, uh, uh, amount of debt and you're controlled by that. And because of that, you have to keep working overtime and you have to keep working more and you have to keep working more and you're getting further and further and further. And that, that master, that master of debt has control and your whole life is a mess. One of the greatest one of, I should say the greatest, one of the worst destroyers of a marriage is finances. And you've got to get that under control. You can't let that be your master. Maybe it's the job and it's not because of the money. Maybe it's just because of the pride. I've got to be the best at my job and I've got to be number one in my company. And I'm all for being number one in your company. I'm all for being the best worker you can be, but not at the expense that God takes second place and not at expense that your family takes a back seat. We must not be master to the job. Or we must not be servant to the job and let the job be the master. We must not be servant to popularity. For some people, that controls everything they do. How will I look? What will my peers think? What will people say about me? I wonder how this is going to help me uh, in, in my, you know, climb the corporate ladder. We must not be servant to self. We must not be servant to sin. But I'll say this, we must be servant, we all ought to be servant to the Savior. We ought to let Jesus Christ be the master. We ought to let Jesus Christ have control in our lives. I love the song. We, we've sung it around here before. The song says, I will serve thee because I love thee. You have given life to me. I'm not asking anybody here tonight to serve God and sign up for a miserable life. I'm not asking you tonight, well, I got to serve God. I'm never going to have any fun. Never going to have anything. I'm probably going to starve to death. I'm probably going to have to, you know, uh, uh, be homeless and I'm probably not going to have any. No, I'm not asking you to do that because God takes care of his own and God's going to make sure your needs are supplied and your needs are met. And it's the greatest life in all the world when you say, I'm going to serve God. Serving Jesus really pays. I get happy in this heavenly way because sweeter gets the journey every day. When you serve the Savior, when you make him your master, 
You put your family in the right place and you put your priorities in the right place and you have a desire to please God and serve God and you have a desire to win souls. You have a desire to tell people about Jesus. You have a desire to throw yourself into the ministry and say, I want to make a difference for eternity. Not just the temple, but I want to make a difference for eternity. I ask you this evening, who are you serving? Who is your master? I've given you some different ideas or different possibilities, but maybe it's something totally different. But, but who is the master? What is the master in your life? I'll tell you this, you're serving somebody. You are living for someone or something. Let's make sure that the master that we are living for is our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Notice Jeremiah 27 Jeremiah warned them, verse number nine, he warned them not to listen to the false prophets. He said there are false prophets that say you're not going to serve the king of Babylon. Jeremiah says in verse number 10, and I'll, I'll summarize it, he says, there are a bunch of liars that <laughs> they're telling you you're not going to serve Nebuchadnezzar, but I got news for you, you will, and you are going to serve him. Verse number uh 10, for they prophesy a lie unto you. Uh, all they're doing is lying to you. Verse number 12, also to Zedekiah, Jeremiah spoke these words, bring your necks under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him and live. He says, you better submit to what God is saying for you to do. Verse number 13, Jeremiah asked the question, he says, why will ye die? Why are you doing this to yourself? Uh, maybe, maybe for some of us, maybe tonight before we go to bed, we need to look ourselves in the mirror and identify some problems that, or admit some problems that the Holy Spirit has identified and look ourselves in the mirror and say, why are you doing this to yourself? Why are you doing this to your family? Why are you doing this to your children? Here's a good one. Why are you doing this to your heavenly father? Jeremiah says, why? Why will he die? Why are you destroying yourselves? All you got to do is listen. Verse 14, the Bible tells us that they uh, hearken not unto the words of the prophets. It says, therefore, hearken not unto the words of the false prophets that speak unto you, saying, ye shall not serve the king of Babylon, for they prophesy a lie unto you. Verse 15, I have not sent them saith the Lord, yet they prophesy a lie in my name. I want to say, number one, we talked about who we're going to serve. But secondly, tonight, and we'll close with this thought here in a moment or two, but I want to ask you, who are you listening to? Who am I listening to? Now, I don't believe that the only person that you can listen to is Pastor Jeremy. I don't, I don't believe that's the only person you can listen to. Um, I believe you ought to have good counselors in your life, good godly counselors in your life. Uh, I think you ought to have a, a, a group of people that you can go to, people that you can talk to, people that have been down the road, people that love God, people that have served God, people that have stayed faithful to God. I think you ought to have people like that because, you know, there are some people who will lie to you and they may not be doing it intentionally. Some may be doing it intentionally, but some may not be doing it intentionally. But some people will claim to be your friends. Some will claim to be experts. 
One of, the, one of my favorites of all time, and I don't know if you'll know who this is or not, one of my favorites of all time was years ago, I remember my dad telling me about someone who was talking, going everywhere, and he was talking about uh, marriage and child rearing. And he was writing books on marriage and child rearing. Guess what? He wasn't married, and he didn't have any children. Now, my wife and I, we could have written some books on child rearing before we had children. And we kind of missed our opportunity because we had all of the answers for child rearing before we had children. Do you all know what I'm talking about? Did anybody else have all the answers before you had children? You wouldn't have, you wouldn't have said it, I know. But you kind of thought, well, that's obvious. You just tell them, you tell them, don't do that. And you tell them one time, and after that, I mean, right? I mean, they're going to be just perfect angels, and they're going to obey, right? Well, be careful who you listen to. There's some experts out there, quote, unquote, that they don't know what they're talking about. And by the way, anybody who counsels you contrary to the Word of God is not an expert. Uh, they're a fool. Don't listen to people who try to steer you away from the Bible. Don't listen to people who are backslidden and away from God. I'll tell you, if that's not a serious case of the stupids, I don't know what is. You're trying to live for God. You're trying to please God. You're trying to do what's right. And somebody that is backslidden and away from God, they want to tell you. They want to, uh, they want to coach your life and tell you all the things you need to do. I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to get as far away from that crowd as you can and you need to get your face back in the book and you need to get back on your knees and you need to walk with God and you need to find out what God has for your life. Be careful who you listen to. Be careful about people that will lead you away from holiness and righteousness. We're living in a day when, I've never seen it like this before, but we're living in a day where people who claim to be preachers People who claim to be Bible teachers are saying, you don't have to live holy. You don't have to live godly. You don't have to do what's right. Just do whatever you want to do. And we'll pat you on the back and we'll tell you how wonderful you are. Well, friend, I want to tell you, God loves you no matter what. And hallelujah for that. Just like you love your children no matter what. But that doesn't mean I'm going to tell my children, ah, it doesn't matter. The rules don't matter. No big deal. You can go out. You can rob the bank. You can go out. You can do illegal stuff. Yeah, it's, no. We have a Bible that gives us guidelines for life. That gives, give us rules for living to make us miserable. No, to make our lives happy to allow us to experience God's blessing and God's goodness in our lives and God's, uh, God's uh, abundant blessings. Be careful who you listen to. It's interesting that these people who tried to convince the people of Judah, they were preachers. They were prophets. Oh, no, 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 God didn't really mean that. Oh, no, 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 God didn't really say that. You say, well, how in the world are we going to know the difference? Glad you asked. That's why you got to study this book for yourself. 
And that's why you got to make sure that anything a preacher stands up and preaches or a teacher stands up to teach, you make sure it's in the Word of God. Because this right here is our final authority. If Pastor Jeremy says something and the Bible says something different, guess which one is right every time? This book right here. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.